George Takei is everywhere these days. Oh my, yes. I'm not only on stage, I'm in the audience. I'm John Moe. This week on Wits, actor, activist, author George Takei talks about Star Trek, his new Broadway musical, and much more. George even joins the Sugar Hill Gang. I said a hip-hop, the hippie, the hippie, do the hip-hip-hop. You should probably stop there. Uh, you don't stop. Plus, hip-hop artist Serengeti is with us. It's really fresh. It's like the uh, CNC Music Factory, like solving, solving the world's problems through bass and peace and dance. I'm John Moe. All this, and we find out if George Takei, Sulu himself, prefers Kirk or Picard. All on Wits, coming right up. Favorite actor, Denny. Favorite drink, Odos. Bears, Hawks, Socks. Bulls to say goodbye a little longer like I ate a piece of big red. Grow a mustache the size of Mike Dicker's forehead. From APM American Public Media, this is Wits. I'm John Moe. And this week, George Takei. He used to be known as Sulu on Star Trek. Now he's known for his social media mastery and his social activism as well. We are going to have a lot of fun with George. This is a show recorded at the Guthrie Theater in Minneapolis. Also on board, the rapper Serengeti. You'll hear from him in just a bit. For now, let's go to the stage. It's one of the most beloved books ever written. A classic of American literature. You may have read To Kill a Mockingbird or seen the movie, but you've never experienced Harper Lee's classic story like this. George Takei's Takei a Mockingbird. (laughs) A one-man show. See George Takei as Atticus Finch. My daddy said it was a sin to kill a mockingbird because mockingbirds don't do anything but make music for us to enjoy. And playing scout, George Takei. Macon was a tired old town, even in 1932 when I first knew it. Somehow it was hotter then. Oh my. <laughs> was it ever hot? Also featuring George Takei as Lieutenant Hikaru Sulu. <laughs> Leaving Sector 14 for Sector 15. Approaching neutral zone. Shields up, Captain. Shields up against racism. And George Takei as Boo Radley. I'm not saying anything because Boo Radley doesn't talk. The critics are raving. Variety says you can buy the whole shiver robe, but you'll only need the edge. And audiences are falling in love with Takei a Mockingbird. Well, it definitely made me see the book in a different way. Yeah, yeah. I guess different is the most accurate word to describe it. (laughs) I I, I don't remember Lieutenant Sulu being in the book, but it's been a while since I read it. For me, it was way better than the book. Of course, I can't read, so... I loved it. I would go see it again and again and again. Wait, aren't you George Takei? Oh my, yes. (laughs) I'm not only on stage, I'm in the audience. George Takei's Takei a Mockingbird, a one-man show. I can't wait to sit by you and watch me on stage. (laughs) George Takei, Christina Baldwin is the announcer, Mike Fotis and me. 
as audience members. Wow, let's charge the K. What a life this man has had and is having. He is an actor, author, activist, social media maven. You may have seen him as Sulu on the original Star Trek series and several movies. He's the subject of the documentary To Be To K, now showing on Netflix. His Facebook page has over 8 million likes. I could go on and on. George Takei, welcome to Wits. Thank you very much. Uh, We need to talk about Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy passed away recently, and you two are connected forever, really, through the original Star Trek. We've heard so much about him, so many tributes. Can you share something that we might not know about Leonard Nimoy? Well, he was uh, a man who had both guts and principles. And uh, one thing that I particularly remember and feel indebted to him for, uh, when... Star Trek was going to be made into an animated series. They hired um, Bill Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, uh, Major Barrett to do the female voices, and Jimmy Doohan. And uh, they claimed that the budget wouldn't take any more. When Leonard discovered that this was the case, he said, Star Trek is about diversity. And the two people that most represent diversity are uh, Nichelle and George. And if they can't be included, then you don't have me. So he used his position as leverage to bring us in. And uh, that's an extraordinary thing in actors. We don't give up a role for others. (laughs) Leonard did that, and we're very grateful for that. What did you think Star Trek was going to be when you first got cast in it? Well, Gene Rodney, when I went in for the interview, he said uh, the Starship Enterprise was a metaphor for Starship Earth. And the strength of this starship lay in its diversity. And that was an exciting thought. But when he went on to describe the role that he was considering me for, I was absolutely thrilled because... uh, here was an Asian character, fully capable of uh, doing his job, part of the leadership team. And when I was cast, I was overjoyed. But when we were filming the uh, pilot film, I said to Jimmy Doohan, I smell quality in these scripts. The actors are wonderful, and that means we're in trouble. <laughs> Because all the shows that I really liked on television didn't last very long. (laughs) And I was surprised that we lasted three seasons. You know, we spent uh, three seasons doing battle with our adversaries, the Klingons, the Romulans, the... Tribbles. uh, Well, Tribbles, yeah. (laughs) But they were a different kind of adversary. Kind of like the Tribbles. And... uh, Yet we discovered that the most destructive adversary of them all were the NBC programming executives. (laughs) That would have been an outstanding episode if you had landed the the Enterprise and then went to battle with the executives. That would have been outstanding. How soon after the show was over did you realize, oh, this thing isn't really over. This thing is going to keep going. I guess it was the year after uh, Star Trek was canceled that I got a phone call. Uh, There was a sweet 
female voice on the other end, who said, uh, we're having a little Star Trek gathering. We're Star Trek fans. Would you come down and join us for tea? And I thought, how sweet, you know, these people. You know, the show's been canceled, but they're still gathering together for tea. So I drove downtown and met with about a little over a dozen people. It was a very small, intimate gathering. And uh, I thought that would be it. About uh, two months later, I got a phone call from New York. And she said that we're having a Star Trek convention. I thought, this woman's mad. (laughs) The show's been canceled. It's been canceled. And it's expensive to fly us over. So I I demurred. I said, I can't let you do that. No, 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 no. And she said, no, we really mean it. And to uh, prove it, I'll send you the uh, airline tickets. And sure enough, it arrived. It was first class. I thought, where do these people get this kind of money? The show has been canceled. (laughs) The show has never really been canceled. (laughs) I discovered that there. I flew over. They took me to my hotel room. And then that next morning, somebody was knocking at the door and they said, uh, we're having our first session. I'd like to uh, be your escort. And I thought, okay. And I followed him, a young man. And he took me uh, through the... uh, hotel kitchen. And I I thought, why don't we go in the front door? And he said, no, 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 security. I thought, "Uh, New Yorkers exaggerate everything. (laughs) But I thought, I'll play along. And I I went through the uh, smelly hotel kitchen and I heard this roaring coming from the auditorium. I thought, they really mean it. And I peeked out from behind the curtain. It was this huge ballroom crammed with people, some people uh, leaning over the balcony. I thought, this is amazing. And that's when I first knew that something was happening with Star Trek. Yeah, boy, oh boy. Um, I wonder, when you were on Star Trek, uh, there's so much... uh, terminology about the technology and so much so many references did you guys know everything that was going on did all that technology make sense to you as an actor or were you just sort of going along with it when you train as an actor you're trained to do a lot of research and make all the facts about your character your own but week after week we're getting all this techno babble we just memorized it and said it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you're very keenly making a technical observation, that's just you remembering your lines. That's what's called act- acting. Acting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to ask uh, about Allegiance because this is a, a Broadway show or a heading to Broadway show uh, that really seems to have become your true passion as we sit here today. Uh, tell me a little bit about the show. Well, when I was five years old, soldiers came to our home in Los Angeles and uh, ordered us out of our home at Bayonet Point. And uh, we were incarcerated for the duration of the Second World War simply because we have to look like the people that bombed Pearl Harbor. You were born in the United States. I was born in the United States. My mother was born in Sacramento, California. My father was a San Franciscan. And there were no charges, no trial, therefore. Our due process simply disappeared. And we were incarcerated for the duration of the war. My parents 
in the middle of their lives had lost everything that they had worked for. And when the war ended, we were literally penniless. Children adjust amazingly to the most uh, grotesque of circumstances. I, I remember the barbed wire fence, the sentry towers, the machine guns pointed at us. Uh, when I made the night runs to the latrine, searchlights followed me. But to five-year-old me, I thought it was kind of nice that they lit the way for me to pee. You know? <laughs> so I really didn't understand uh, that uh, experience while I was actually in the camps. But uh, as a teenager, I learned about our democracy from my father, the man who suffered the most through that experience. And uh, it's been my personal mission in life to raise the awareness of that chapter of American history because it always surprises me how people that I consider well-informed, well-read people are shocked when I tell them about my childhood. And they didn't even know that that happened in the U.S.? They didn't know. Wow. Because so very few people are informed on that chapter. Our history books are rather mute. So I've been able to combine both my personal mission and my personal passion for theater and uh, develop a Broadway musical. We found a wonderfully gifted uh, composer lyricist, gorgeous songs, and we opened in San Diego two years ago. Uh, we called it the world premiere of Allegiance. The New Yorkers still refer to it as the out-of-town tryout. <laughs> the arrogance of New Yorkers. But now we're going to be opening this fall. And are you in the play? Are you, I am indeed. And do you sing? I sing. Oh, boy. And I might suggest to you all, a fall vacation in New York <laughs> is wonderful. Lovely that time of year. Now, you uh, are an actor, author, activist. You do all these crazy things all over the internet. Help the rest of us manage our time? Like, how do you manage to do this huge range of things? What's your secret to time management? Well, the main thing is you marry your manager. <laughs> okay. Brad manages my schedule and everything about me, and he is a mean whipcracker. <laughs> The other part of it is you yourself have to be uh, organized, and you also need a staff. Here I am in uh, Minneapolis. A few days ago, I was in New York. Before that, I was in Augusta, Maine. So, you know, what we do is we backlog a lot of our memes and have dates when they're going to be posted. So we have someone to help us on that. So having a good staff, marrying your manager, and being organized. <laughs> everybody do those things. <laughs> George Takei, everybody. Coming up, more with George Takei and rapper Serengeti. This is Wits. I'm John Moe. You want to see Wits live? We have several performances coming up. You can watch us make our radio show. You can have a lot of fun, too. If you're in or around the Nashville area, we're playing the Wild West Comedy Festival on April 17th. We'll have some fantastic Nashville music, some great comedy. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you're closer to Texas, we will be in Austin on May 21st. And if the Twin Cities is closer to home, come to the Fitzgerald Theater in St. Paul on March 20th to see Carrie Elwes, the Dread Pirate Roberts, Robin Hood in tights, along with singer Kat Edmondson. 
Tickets for these and all of our upcoming shows at witsradio.org. Luke Burbank hosts TBTL, a daily almost radio show where he and co-host Andrew Walsh talk current events, pop culture, and their own inane lives. The TBTL podcast, now at infiniteguest.org. This is Wits. I'm John Moe, here with actor George Takei and rapper Serengeti. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, we had our friend, the rapper Open Mike Eagle, on our show for the first time, and he said, you have to get Serengeti on your show. And I knew nothing about his music, but I put on some headphones and started listening to it, and I really haven't stopped because I'm a sucker for things that sound like no other things. And I was just mesmerized. It was hip hop. It was jazz. It was just this sound and this guy talking through all kinds of things. I'm a fan of his and I'm so excited to bring him to you. Uh, He's put out something like 20 albums in the last 13 years. It's easy to get completely lost in any of them. Please welcome Serengeti. Dr. Dennehy, favorite trick called those bears, hawks, socks, bulls. To say goodbye a little longer, like I ate a piece of big red. Grow a mustache the size of Mike Dicker's forehead. Hair cold to the side, looking like a piece of foam. Milk speakers, red cola, 85 bear soup. It's Polish sauces, bratwurst. Walking like my back hurts. Stacy Adams, no shirt, just to get a case of squirt. The wife's pissed because I forgot to get the minute rice. Back up in the damn Buick to get a stinking bag of ice. To get a stinking bag of rice, my wifey Julie's cute. Her taste it really moved me like I ate some juicy fruit. It had me dancing like Chris Penn and Footloose. 85 Walters rules, old style pack of clothes. Go to H, no toes, and weed wagger fuel. 85 bears over, Stacy Adams got ruined for the basement sump pump. Shop back, clean up, cook brats, cook chops, Jahisha, and be that hot. Keep your juices in the brats, keep your juices in the chops. Serve them on paper plates, tater salad, and great pop. My favorite act was dinner, he long before he played night. When parenting was a substitute, everything was going right, even after Jordan left. And Dave Corzine retired, Sean Dunstan's wild throws, Mike Dick, I got fired. Favorite actor, dinner, he. Favorite trick, old 
Bulls, Bears, Hawks, Sox, Bulls. Playing softball with the guys. Wife made curly fries. Drink about four doughs. Grounded out two pot flies. In the Buick Don Western. Stop and get some more brats. Orange sale chicken. Italian sausage and orange pop. This week fishing trip. Gotta get some new flies. Wife packed turkey sauce. Chase chips and peach pies. Watch a little dinner. He's full out the laser disc. Sniper one, two, three. Behringer makes great flicks. Listen to the shuffle. Revive Richard this part. Damn, I left those orange pops in the trunk of the Skylark. Sneak a couple of doughs. Wait, there's my damn wife. You know, honey, I'll be back. Gotta get some more ice Back up in the damn Buick Should go to the damn bar Saw Dinka once on the Eaton's in a sports car Favorite actor Denny Favorite drink of those Bears, Hawks, Sox, Bulls Play a little poker Spend time with the wife Take her out to Bennigan's See if they cook chops right Go and get a laser disc Projection screen TV Portillo's Italian beef Movie starring Tommy B Back up in the damn Buick Cut on WCKG Caught a song like Glenn Fry Interview with Dennehy Driving down Western Ave Think I gotta stop his airs Got a split and freaking headache So I popped a couple bears Back up in the damn Buick Think I need an oil check Baddison George Thoroughgood Smoke stoves on my deck Read the sports section Bears in the O-line Trying to find a decent Fierro with a for sale sign Cut on WCKG Huey Lewis and the news Harder rock and roll is still beating Do do the Bears lose Favorite actor Dennehy Favorite drink of those Bears, Hawks, Sox, Bulls Favorite Judge Mathis Cigarettes, Coles Stanley makes great tools Other actor Behringer Linebacker Buckus Chop, peppers, tomatoes Onions, 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 onions Onions, 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 Serengeti with Andrew Broder and Mike Lewis. Serengeti, a.k.a. David Cohn. Welcome yes. to Wits. Thank you, uh, John. Thank you for talking to me. <laughs> Thank you for talking back. Right. Um, now, you, uh, you're from Chicago. Did you grow up in Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about, uh, a lot of people associate, well, you know, hip-hop, that's a, a West Coast thing, East Coast. What do you draw from the city of Chicago in your work? All right, I, I used to work a lot, and I take the buses and trains. There you go. Paper, buses, trains, thoughts, write them down in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? So do it. And uh, What inspires you about Chicago? You just you live there. I mean, <laughs> you breathe, and it's like, oh, uh, oh, it's spring. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Sports. Yeah. I like sports. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I, I notice in, in your song, Dennehy, there is a line, grow a mustache big as Ditka's forehead. Grow a mustache as Mike Ditka's forehead. As Mike Ditka's forehead, yeah. That's a giant stash. That's, that's a big, that would have to be a big mustache. Um, yeah. The song, Dennehy, can you tell us a little bit about the story of how that song came about? Yeah, so, you know, I used to work, uh, I'd be on the trucks delivering beer all around town, so one day, just came home and caught like the Little League World Series, great. And uh, they asked the kids, uh, "Who's your favorite uh, athlete?" And they're like, "I like Pablo Sandoval." So, what's your favorite movie? Wally. What if somebody's favorite actor was Brian Dennehy? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
Then like the whole thing sort of just came into effect, and then I used to like as if there was a as if there was a little league World Series player saying, "Yeah, Brian Denny." Brian Denny, and well, like an adult, and you know his best friend would be Curtis, and he'd have a brother named Tanya because they thought Tanya was going to be the next unisex name that was going to take over, <laughs> like Stacy. But it didn't really take off, you know. So it's Tanya, hey Tanya. But when, when you say it, it sounds like, "Hey Tanya, it's me, Steve, and Tanya and Derek." It sounds fine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it sounds fine. So, so from this one moment, this, this yes, character came, began to emerge. It came, it came. And this, I guess, persona, this character you've done a lot of work with, this is Kenny Dennis. Kenny Dennis, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the KDs. <laughs> Just having a good time, you know? <laughs> so then who is Kenny Dennis? Who isn't Kenny Dennis? <laughs> I mean, come on. That's, that's such a huge question. Yeah. You know what, I'm saying? what does Kenny get to do that... David doesn't get to do Kenny has friends calling him up. Kenny has like, the, uh, he has like, like picnics. Like his friends call him up for like the picnics. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. We got to call Kenny. We got to get Kenny over. And like the barbecue, you know, and guys and his friends and, you know, a good time. A good, good time. Yeah. Clear. Well, d- tell me about your collaborations with Kenny Dennis in the music that you've made because he's appeared in a whole lot of your yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah. So I did the whole Dennehy, and that's when Kenny was 48. And I was always concerned, like, well, why can this guy just start rapping about, you know, his favorite actors, you know, Mathis and uh, Berenger. And um, Berenger is his second favorite actor, correct? Uh, he has a slew of them. He likes Danza, Berenger. Um, okay. <laughs> he likes Bing Rames. Oh, Sting sure. Games. Catch a flick by Ving Rhames, you know? <laughs> Wesley Snipes, come on. And uh, so why can this guy rap? And I was like, oh, so me and my friend Umar, Frohawk Two Feathers, put him in a, a golden era rap group in 93 when he was 30. So that explains how 18 years later... You gave him an origin story. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. The Grim Teachers. <laughs> it's good. It's really good. Now, do you... As David, yes. do you do duets with Kenny Dennis, or no. is it just a Kenny Dennis song all the way when, now, it, when it's Kenny? Now, now, that would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be just insane. You know what I'm saying? No, it's either or. Man. Yeah, there's places you won't go. I mean... Yeah, no, I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't blame you at all. Mm. And you've put out a few Kenny Dennis oh, albums. Yeah, yeah. So I did Are they all Dennis. Kenny Dennis songs in those albums? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it started out with Dennehy. I did right. that song, and then I was like, oh, people actually like this song. But since then, I've done the Kenny Dennis EP, the Kenny Dennis LP, the Kenny Dennis LP3, and then I did Kenny's uh, side project called Perfecto. Kenny's got a side project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's dope. It's dope. It's, it's really fresh. It's like the uh, CNC Music Factory, like solving, solving the world's problems through bass and peace and dance and watch me dance and release the peace. But, you know, like... And it's me and uh, the, the Anders Ohms. We did it. And it's perfecto. Yeah. It's tight. And the record is called uh, You Can't Run From The Rhythm. <laughs> well. Yeah, it's tight. It's so good. <laughs> Serengeti and Kenny Dennis, thank you all of you for oh. being with us on Wits. I like your taste in actors. Brian Denny, he's brilliant. Yeah, he's my favorite actor. He's great, he's great. George Takei and Serengeti, you both have a background in the rich worlds of, respectively, Star Trek and hip-hop. These are worlds filled with characters, too many characters to really keep track of. And that's where this game comes in. It's called Rapper, Ancillary Star Trek Character, or Offensive Lineman. <laughs> 
I will give you a name. You tell me if it is from hip-hop, Star Trek, or the NFL. And George, I gave you the option of teaming up with David or competing against him. You chose to compete against him. Right. I'm very competitive. Okay. All right, so let's get started here. George, you're first. Fonsworth Bentley. Is he a rapper, ancillary Star Trek character, or offensive lineman in the National Football League? A rapper. Former valet to Sean Combs, his debut single featured Kanye West. Point for George Takei. David, J.R. Sweezy. Oh, yeah, uh, he's an offensive lineman. Offensive guard for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Very good. George, Foo Fanoti. (laughs) Rapper, ancillary Star Trek character, or offensive lineman? I'll say a rapper. Offensive tackle for the San Francisco 49ers. Of course. All right. Who knew? No point there. <laughs> Serengeti, yes. Professor Honeybear. Oh, yeah. He's, he's one of my favorite rappers from Michigan. Yeah? Yeah. Um, a rapper. Rapper. <laughs> Although a holographic character in Julian Bashir's secret agent holosuite program, Professor Bear took on the look of Jadzia Dax, during a malfunction, Deep Space Nine. Oh, it's... <laughs> George Takei, Rima Major. I'll say Star Trek. Arab South Sudanese Canadian rapper. <laughs> well, we're still tied. Still tied. <laughs> so I'm getting. DJ Fluker. See, you, you try to trick me, and he's a football player. He's a football player. Tackle for the San Diego Chargers. Very good. <laughs> George Takei, Martus Mazur. Football player. El Orion, who promoted a gambling device that turned out to have strange effects on quantum probability in Deep Space Nine, Star Trek. Oh. <laughs> Serengeti, Groppler Zorn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's from, he's a rapper from yeah. New Zealand area. <laughs> <laughs> the vicinity of New Zealand? Auckland. Well... May or may not be, but also a leader of the Bendy people on Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> David Cohn, Serengeti is the winner of the game. Congratulations. <laughs> Support for Wits comes from Mild, the gripping story of one woman's hike most of the way through a fairly good-sized county park. And from tennis, if you enjoy disagreements over which side of a net a ball should be on, you'll love tennis. (laughs) Additional support from the all-new, all-lisping Star Wars movie, The Secrets of the Fifth. (laughs) And from pickup trucks. Pickup trucks. Got something to put in a pickup truck? Probably not. Pickup trucks. The Wits History Foundation now presents Great Moments in Music History. 
It is 1979. The Sugar Hill Gang convenes to write a piece of work that would revolutionize world culture. I don't understand. When do we sing? That's just it, Hank. We don't. We talk. Or rap. You see, I had a premonition in a dream that our gang would leave our clubhouse atop Sugar Hill and change the world by not singing. But we, we sing? No, it's just talking. But it needs a um, name. Well, how about hip hop? Like it's hip, but it involves hopping. People like bunnies, hip hop. Oh, get this, bang bang boogie. Gunshots and dancing, huh? Uh, we should call it hippie. Like, I like hippies. Oh, hippies are great. Well, let's try each idea. Something like, I said a hip hop, the hippie, the hippie, to the hip, hip hop. You should probably stop there. Uh, uh, you don't stop. <laughs> the rocket to the bang, bang, boogie. Say, up jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie, the beat. I don't really uh, yeah, understand don't, what? what just happened there. People aren't going to believe that this chanting is happening. They'll think it's like a drill of some kind. They won't know what's going on. What if we tell them? Now what you hear is not a test. I'm rapping to the beat. Oh, that's nice. But what if people are afraid of, like, who's talking? What's going on? We should, I should introduce myself to let them know that it's okay... I'd say, see, I am Wonder Mike, and I like to say hello to the black, to the white, the red and the brown, the purple and yellow. Um, yellow rhymes with hello, and that's why I put it in there, and I like colors. Cool, yeah, and like, what if someone tries this when they're like 102? That's too old. We gotta set an age restriction. Like, like skibbity bebop, we rock, a scooby-doo, um, I'll change that later. And guess what, America, we love you. Because you rock and you roll with so much soul, and you can rock till you're 101 years old. No 102-year-olds allowed. Is anyone concerned that this recitation isn't about anything? It's just a pile of words. Oh, I don't mean to brag. I don't mean to boast. But we like hot butter on our breakfast toast. <laughs> because we do. I mean, it's great. It's butter toast, come on. Yeah, and there's a really long story involving like Lois Lane, Superman, it's really long, it takes a long time to tell, and it's pretty gross, and it goes nowhere, and I want to do that one. <laughs> I want to spend several minutes describing an unpleasant dinner party. Guys, guys, if we put all this in there, we're talking about a chant that would last for 14 minutes and 35 seconds. <laughs> what if we set it to music, like so? Words spoken in rhythm over a musical beat. It just might work. We'll call it Rapper's Despair. And no, that's not it. Well, we'll work on a name later. George Takei as the leader, Mike Fotis as Master G, Serengeti as Big Bank Hank, and me as Wonder Mike. Having George Takei read the words from Rapper's Delight is everything I thought it was going to be. <laughs> More with George Takei and rapper Serengeti in just a moment. This is Wits. I'm John Moe. 
Hey, if you like Wits, be sure to check out The Frame. It's a new daily podcast from the Infinite Guest Network. Host John Horn gives you your daily dose of entertainment news from public radio station KPCC in Los Angeles. On a recent episode, he talks to Conan O'Brien about taking his show to Cuba. We very much went in with a feeling of we're going into another culture and we want to respect that culture. And all I want to do is try and make these people laugh. And I didn't want to do comedy where I'm making fun of something in you know, their society. That just felt, that's just rude. And I, I wanted to go in sort of as a good ambassador, but also see if I could get them to laugh at my idiocy. And uh, maybe that's the common language we all speak, is that whatever our differences, most people find me ridiculous. So, And was that true? I mean, did they actually laugh they at really it? Did, what yeah. what played and what didn't play? To hear Conan's answer and more entertainment news, search for The Frame on your favorite podcast app or find it at infiniteguest.org. This is Wits, here with rapper Serengeti and actor George Takei. I'm John Moe, I'm your host, at least during the show. Then after the show, I revert to just being John Moe, some guy. I can't be your host your whole life, people. Come on, I can't, I can't follow you around introducing songs when you go to work or doing sketches. It would be unseemly. To my kids, of course, I am dad. When my oldest was two years old, he at one point started calling me John because he heard my wife do it, so he just figured that's the way it was done, and I had to retrain him to the word dad. It was like a doctor thing. I had gone through all the effort. I wanted the honorific title that goes with it. <laughs> a lot of us working on wits have kids. I do. A lot of members of our band. Most of our producers except Hans. Hans doesn't have any kids. I'm fascinated by Hans. Hans and his wife just go do things, I guess, in the evenings, and they get back whenever they feel like it. Then they go to bed, presumably, and if it's a weekend, I don't know when they get up or if they even do. They must get up, right, so they could go do their evening things all over again? What haunts me is that I used to be one of them, a childless adult. My first kid came along when I was 32 years old. That is old. That's like three presidential elections into adulthood. (laughs) I wonder what it was like for me, because I don't know. 
See, I had a, a procedure done when my oldest was born. Uh, morning after he was born, the nurse came to get me to have my pre-parenting memories erased. <laughs> no, they, they do it right there in the hospital. They strap you down, they, they put your head in, I mean, it's technically a clamp, but it's padded and it's pretty comfortable. And then they hook up the hose and they siphon out the memories of what it was like to not have kids. <laughs> Takes about 20 minutes. There's orange juice and cookies. It's really not so bad. So now when I run across pictures of my wife and me at the beach pre-baby, my first thought is, where are the kids? Oh, they're probably taking the picture. I'm like that guy Memento in the movie Memento. Several paper trails indicate that we would go out of town for the weekend spontaneously. But... I'm glad I had the procedure done. I'm more docile now. I'm less likely to run out in the yard and get hit by a car. <laughs> I sit nicely on the furniture. <laughs> when I had to get up in the middle of the night to soothe a crying baby, or now when I have to figure out algebra to help with homework, it just feels like the way it's always been. And I can't get resentful. That's like resenting rain for being wet. I know that one day my kids will grow up and if all goes well, move out. <laughs> and as soon as the last one is gone, we'll move so that they can't return or find us. <laughs> then I'm gonna drive over to the hospital, can't wait, and get those memories re-implanted. <laughs> Here with more music, Serengeti. John Moe. Uh, such a nice beard. Uh, I only saw you on the internet. It's really great to see you in person. Well, it's great to see you too. It's great to hear your music somewhere other than on my headphones at my desk all the time. Okay. Anyhow. <laughs> all right. I don't care if you've been to LA, I don't care if you've been to New York, I don't care if you've been to Tibet, I'll be right right where you step, I'll be them peas in your plate, I put that gel in your drink, you put your hand on my suit, you put your hand on my side, I feel more comfortable now, 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 I don't care if you've been to LA, I don't care if you've been to New York, I don't care if you've been to Tibet, I'll be right right where you step, I'll be the I and your J, 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 I'll be the I and your J. This is how I want to love you with an open heart and an open hand. This is how I want to touch you with an open heart and an open hand. Nothing else will come between us But an open heart And an open hand I don't care if you feel ugly I've got an open heart I want to be your man I can feel 
the rhythm of your heart. Can you feel the rhythm of devotion? I'll be right right where you step. I'll be right right where you step. I'll be right back. Can you feel the rhythm of devotion? I'll be right right where you step. I'll be right right where you step. I'll be right back. Can you feel the rhythm of devotion? I'll be right right where you step. I'll be right right where you step. I'll be right back. Can you feel the rhythm of devotion? I'll be right right where you step. I got your. This romance is knitted quilts and very soft strings of yarn Sharing plates and spinach parm and never having to move your arm Charm is charm but yours is more like overflowing candy drawers Returning from the greatest war I adore our floor We fit like batteries and toys Otters in their silly ploys Haunted house and scary noise Fashions of a teddy boy To cook with sherry and juices from stems of poison pigeonberry Romantic hugs on finished fairies My own I don't care if you've been to LA I don't care if you've been to New York I don't care if you've been in Tibet I'll be right right where you step. I put the piece in your plate. I put that chill in your drink. I put your hand on my back. You put your hand on my side. I feel more comfortable now. 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 I don't care if you've been to LA. I don't care if you've been to New York. I don't care if you've been in Tibet. I'll be right right where you step. I'll be right right where you step. I'll be right right where you step. I'll be right, 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 Thank you guys, Serengeti with Andrew Broder and Mike Lewis. Support for Wits comes from fudge, the swear word for squares. <laughs> hey squares, we know what you mean, you're not fooling anybody, just say it. <laughs> and by tissue brand Kleenexes, we're taking it back. Additional funding provided by your local car wash. Please stop telling young nerds that their bullies will work here someday. We don't hire bullies, they're mean. <laughs> you know, here at Wits, we got to wondering if George Takei's voice was so good that it could make anything sound dramatic or whimsical or mysterious. So I'm giving George a phone book and George, open it on up to anywhere and see what you can do with the first listing you see. Bring it to life. And let's go ahead and use the fakey 555 prefix for anonymity. All right. Johnson, Jimothy J. <laughs> 317 Selby Avenue, St. Paul, 651-555-8164. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's wrong? No, it was, I mean, it was fine, but... I was expecting something more, but whatever, it's, it's fine. Well, you didn't give me any direction. You know, tragic, comic, oh. vengeful. Okay, sure, that makes sense. Um, well, let's try it again then. How about poignant? All right, flip through the book here, random page. Here we go. Tricycle, broken, little. Well, the person's name is Broken Little Tricycle? <laughs> That doesn't really sound like 
Please let me practice my craft. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please continue. Tricycle, broken, little. 21 years to go tumbling down the lane. My son is a man now. Minnesota, 218555. One, two, three, four. Oh my God, that was beautiful. I know. There's a city called My Son is a Man Now, Minnesota? It's near Duluth. Had no idea. Well, uh, let's try another one. How about, uh, how about going the other way? How about doing it comic? All right. Random page. Uh, here we go. In a tree. Bear. That's the name. Bear in a tree. <laughs> yeah, I got that. Bear in a tree. One big bounce on a trampoline falling. Ouch! But... He's okay, Minnesota. 612-555, funny bear. I have some questions. How can funny bear be digits in a phone number? Oh, it's a new thing. It has to do with video calling. Verizon. Oh. And ouch, but he's okay is not a city. No, John. Oh, Christina Baldwin, one of our actors, yeah. yeah. I grew up in Ouch, But He's Okay, Minnesota. <laughs> My family has lived there for generations. I went to Ouch, But He's Okay High School. I love that town. It's a Dutch name, right? Yes. Dutch-Spanish, yes. <laughs> From the Spanish part of Dutch. Okay, well... I... well let me just... Try this because I, all right, I'm gonna try acting this as a tragedy. Uh, I'm gonna call upon my old theater degree, see what I can do here. Williams, Doris S, 919 Fernview Street, Rochester, this doesn't work at all. Do you have any advice? Try to be George Takei. <laughs> George Takei, everybody. <laughs> And now the wit's lightning round. Fast questions, short answers, also the other way around. George Takei, what are you most proud of? I'm most proud of uh, Star Trek, I guess. Serengeti, what is your clearest, strongest memory? Uh, this morning. <laughs> George, what was John Wayne like off camera? He was exactly like John Wayne. He's not an actor. He's a personality. Serengeti, you've never done a movie with him, but what do you think Brian Dennehy is like off camera? Great. 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 <laughs> I just saw him uh, in New York in uh, The Iceman Cometh. Oh. He was brilliant. I imagine so. George, who inspires you? Well, while he was alive, Richard Burton... He was my inspiration. Uh, my father was my real inspiration in life. Why, why Richard Burton? Why was Richard Burton your inspiration? My very first feature film that I got cast in was a movie called Ice Palace, which starred Richard Burton. And when you're on location together, you get to know each other very well. We were a perfect pair. 
I was full of questions. I was a stage-struck, movie-star-struck kid. And Richard Burton, this glamorous movie star, Shakespearean actor, loved talking about himself. So we're a perfect fit. <laughs> um, Serengeti, favorite American vice president? Dan Quayle. <laughs> George, what advice do you have for young actors? Uh, discipline. Work hard. Be ambitious. Serengeti, what lesson did you learn the hard way? Uh, you got to go to school and do good, you know. <laughs> George, what lesson did you learn the hard way? Um, you got to be tough. I, in New York, when I was a starving young actor, I learned resilience. Serengeti, pie or cake? Pie. George, Kirk or Picard? <laughs> Picard. <laughs> George, on a typical day out, how many people say, oh my, to you? At least a dozen. That's a least. George, better lead singer of Van Halen, David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar? David Lee Roth. That's a correct answer. Serengeti, Beatles or Stones? Beatles. George, dogs or cats? Uh, dogs. Serengeti, dogs, cats, dolphins, or emus? Dolphins. George, biggest zoo animal you could beat in a fight if you had to? An ostrich, and I have. <laughs> Serengeti, same question. Uh, the, the puma, I have it. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the Wits Lightning Round. <laughs> Want more Wits in your life? Go to witsradio.org and find out how you can see a Wits show in person. You can sign up for our newsletter, get the latest about what our various Wits guests are up to, or tell us what you're up to on Twitter. Just tag us. We're at Wits. Thanks to our friends George Takei and Serengeti with Andrew Broder and Mike Lewis. A lot of people help make Wits happen. Thanks to our intern, Autumn Burgraff, Ali Lozoff, Julia Schrenkler, and the staff at the Guthrie Theater, Trish Santini, Mitch Baird, and Paul Espy. Wits is written by me and Ben Acker, Jeff Drake, Stu Newman, and Mike Fotis, who acted in this week's show along with Christina Baldwin. Our technical director is Corey Schreppel. Our executive producer is Peter Clowney. And our senior producers are Hans Buto and Larissa Anderson. I'm John Moe. Bye now. <laughs>